Hey guys, it's Christopher Roush, your No Excuses Coach, and I'm welcoming you to the show where we have Scott Goyette. And if you're feeling stuck or if you're feeling like in your head too much or feeling in your ego and you're trying to live more fluently and congruently and in the, in the, in the moment, then this interview is for you. Scott shares a lot of great stories and insights on his journey of what has made him a truly kick-ass, unstoppable dude who is contributing massively to the world. Uh, please wait until the end of the interview. You're going to see a special video from Scott for his Go Love Now program, which is magnificent. So I encourage you to bring pen and paper and sit down and enjoy this time between myself and Scott, where we just share different stories that's going to move your mindset along and truly create your kick-ass, unstoppable life. So I hope you enjoy. Thanks for being here, and we will see you soon. Unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Raw and Unscripted with yours truly, Christopher Roush, the place where I help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. And man, I've got a great guest for you guys tonight. It's a buddy of mine. You may have seen him on the Facebook Lives we've been doing on Friday nights, which, is, which has just been a jam. We've been introducing each other to our friends and having these Facebook Lives and just exchanging ideas about life and mindset and perspectives and what we can do to get out of our own way and, and also see things from a different aspect of life. I've been blessed to have my coach, Sally Anderson, uh, enlighten me. And I've shared this with you guys in the past about our souls and our past lives and, and just getting a deeper picture and understanding of who we are, not as humans in this life form, but actually who we are in our soul. And I'm really pleased to welcome to the show, the founder of Go Love Now, Mr. Scott Goyette. Scott, how you doing, buddy? Doing great. Doing super great, actually. It's a good day. It's a good day. It's a great day. I, I, I'm glad to see you. And uh, yeah, we're just loving life. But uh, this is this is pretty trippy because like I was just saying in the intro, I've known you now. I mean, I've known of you because we're on the same network. We're on the Speaking to the Heart podcast network with Shane Schultz and our shows are on there, but we had never really uh, uh, come across one another. And I can't even really exactly remember. And it's only been like a month or two, isn't it? And then also we yeah. just fell into this groove and doing these Facebook lives. But um, the real reason why I wanted you on the show is I wanted to find out what kind of kid you were when you were younger? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, but seriously, um, you are such a fantastic wealth of information. You have traveled the globe. You've told me a little bit about that. Um, who is Scott Goyette? If you if you had to answer that today, who is Scott Goyette? What would your answer be? Uh, that's a good question. And I do this to other people all the time, so it's fun when it comes back at me. And, uh, and I love the fact I'm not prepared for it because that makes it real. So, you know, people ask you one word to describe yourself. The world, the word that keeps coming back to me that I see that other people give back to me is the word loyal. Um, and, and I love that because, you know, sometimes you think you're a certain thing. Uh, you'll have some words that are descriptors that other people don't see in you. But when I think of what I am, I'm, I'm somebody, when I meet somebody, I want to give them 100% transparency, honesty, vulnerability, which are some of the reasons that we've really clicked too, because we're sitting in this world where everyone wears masks. We're removing ours, and that can be very confusing because people start to just say, you're this, you're that, you're not a good person. Oh, you're full of crap. Oh, you swear too much. It's just like, just end it. You know, they just get in that judgment zone. So I would say loyal, um, insanely creative. You know, I'm just nonstop creative. Another thing that you could say about me is I love to have fun. And I've had to, 
over the years figured out what that means because as a kid, it's all about conquest and chasing and what's next and what's next. And, and you're not living in the moment well because, you know, not all of us have those folks that are actually um, leading us, those mentors. So one of the nice things that has happened lately is I found a lot of peers and mentors that have been able to support me. So in that journey, I'm finding better ways to have fun and put some joy into my life. Mm. So what what is considered fun for you? Because I've asked that I've asked that question to other people, and interestingly enough, I always thought that it would be the same answer, but it's really it's really diverse. So what is fun for you? Is is it is it living on the edge? Is it being with your family? Is it um, growing yourself? Is it having excitement, thrill rides? What is fun for you? Pushing limits. That comes out real fast. Pushing limits, and never go backwards. My anything to me fun is never going backwards. It's constantly moving forward, even. Even in those spaces where I've got to move into something that's scary or doesn't feel good, I'll still use the word joy and fun in that. And uh, I just got beat up on Facebook about that because somebody said, you know, how are you feeling in this, in this time? And I said, I'm really enjoying it. And they said, that's really selfish. And I said, mm -hmm. well, well, no, they, they try to beat up on it. They said, that's pretty selfish because other people are suffering. And I said, I can still be extremely empathetic to all, but choose joy in my own existence. And I realized that a lot of people have attachment to everybody else and things aren't internal. It's got to be external. So they need that validation from the outside. I need to know that people are suffering with me. I need to, you know, they get stuck in that space. And so for me, fun is choosing joy in the moment. And so pushing limits. When I was a kid, it was very escapist. It was, I didn't love myself enough. I wasn't where I needed to be in life. So I was going to go jump over every jump. I was going to go jump off the cliffs, chase every girl, drink more beers than the next guy, smoke more pot than some other guy. And it got to a point where it was all about competition. And it wasn't competition for me being the best that I can be. It's me beating you to feel better. And I think the migration away from that is when we get into that you know maturity of existence and we're truly in a more enlightened path. And that's when fun becomes fun because we're choosing <laughs> joy. You know, so I'm so I'm guessing that if you're if your idea of fun is pushing the limits, talk to me about some times where you pushed the limits and you had to learn from those those opportunities that presented themselves, perhaps that you pushed them too far. Yeah, yeah. The universe takes care of that. The universe is, uh, you know, our collective unconscious, subconscious, Christ consciousness creator. Um, I would go back to I'll give you a few. I'll give you like different increments in my existence. When I was 19 years old, I was on fire. Everything was working out for me. You know, college athlete, I was playing college basketball. The next year I was supposed to be playing football in college too. I was gonna come back and start playing that again. Everything's going great. You got pretty girlfriends, friends are, you know, everything's good. You got your own car. I mean, it can't be better. And so I'm in this mode where everything's working. I'm in the best shape of my life. And one day I go over to a great friend of mine's house and we had two girls that we were dating come over and I sat down on this coffee table that was covered in newspaper. And as I sit down, all of a sudden I feel this, this crash and I didn't know what happened. Instantly, I was in more pain than I've ever been in my entire life and I had no idea what was going on. And I realized I was sitting on a glass table, it shattered, eight inch piece of glass went right under my private parts, just missed everything, tore my, tore my urethra, my femoral artery, and part of my internal organs, I was rushed into the hospital for emergency surgery, literally my heart stopped, came back, 
saw light, all the stuff that people, you know, talk about. And it was one of the most excruciating, painful things that's ever happened to me. Now, here's what's going on here. I was pushing the limits so much. Everything was push, 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 push. And so I needed something to stop me because I was just going to just take off from existence. I was not staying present and in the moment and I was not using my brilliance or my gifts. It seemed like I was, you know, you're playing sports while you're getting good grades, doing the things, but I was not doing them to create meaning. I was not doing that, that to serve others. It was all about me, me, me. My sense of self was right here. That's it. So in that, you know, falling through a glass table and the first question actually, you know, that many of us would have asked, I literally said to the nurse, I said, if my stuff does not work, can you let me go? And so they thought, ask, I'm like, I'm like, I gotta hear this story. You're oh, they, they thought that was very funny. The doctors and the nurses, they were like, that guy's a comedian, you know, he's dying and he's sitting here still making jokes. You know, he's like, he's with us. He's not with us, but he's still funny. Mm-hmm. So there's your joy moment and there's, you can have fun in any moment and that's your choice. So when people say things like, you don't understand my situation, I'm laying on my deathbed with more than half my blood poured out of me, not thinking my parts are going to work and I'm 19. So <laughs> I, I kind of get it. Bad priorities. I get it. And I still found joy in that moment and said, if I'm moving on to another world, I'm good with that. If I come back, I'm good with that as long as you repaired me well. And um, thank God I've got a 13 year old daughter. So they, they repaired something. I appreciate that. Mm. Uh, so we mm. get through that. Here's where it gets funny because, you know, you've got two choices right now. I can either take this and I can run with this and become an amazing human being, realizing that, you know, in that moment, I literally just felt this sense of ease and beauty and complete comfort leaving this existence. So if I'm comfortable leaving, I could just live like a wild man at this point and say, hey, it's already good on the other side, you know. But then on the other hand, I was saying, wow, if there's something, you know, beautiful there, I want to create more purpose here. I want to bring more people. I could do something beautiful here. So it woke me up. So I started to do a lot of good, but I was still in that selfishness. I started to expand the sense of self. So I started serving others and helping, but I still wanted to live like a wild man because I'm like, it's good on the other side. So then we fast forward. Then I get to this point where, you know, I meet the most beautiful woman I've ever met. And it turned out to be my wife. We had purchased an RV. Literally, I knew her for a few weeks and said, you know what I would love to do is travel around the country, just buy an RV and travel around the country. I had asked all my friends to do this, quit our jobs and leave. They all said, yeah, yeah, you can't just do stuff like that. This woman goes, let's do it. So we buy an RV and uh, we ended up getting that RV for an amazing deal. Somebody asked uh, for $8,000 for it. We ended up saying, oh, we'd love to, but all we have is $2,600. And they said, I'll take it. So we wow. ended up buying an RV for $2,600. It was amazing. And uh, we ended up wait, driving. Wait, 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 wait. A 1978 Dodge <laughs> Tioga van. A 1978 Dodge <laughs> Tioga van. Where'd you see it? Where'd you see it? <laughs> In my brain. And your wife's name is Kim? <laughs> right? Yeah. That's so beautiful. I, I did some research. I did some research. <laughs> that was freaky hearing it because it was so amazing. <laughs> My research, brother. I know what you're up to. Oh, God. So you know about the six arrests in Mexico in 85? Uh, no, I only found out about four. Okay, cool. That's not real. Not that far back. So, uh, so yeah, so you're in, so you're in this 1978 motorhome. It's just you yeah. and Kim. You guys had just met. 
Yeah, we're just driving that's around the so country. Rad. That's incredible. So I want to go. I want to go back a little bit just to the expansion part because I think that's pivotal. Going from an adrenaline junkie and a, and pushing the limits on everything. What was it that got you out of here and into here? Did you have a mentor? Was it a book you read? Was it that near death experience where you're just like, wow, you know, I gotta, I can either push the limits and go to the light again, or you know, what was that determining factor where you said this isn't necessarily about me anymore? Yeah, and I think the first part was the falling through the glass table. That was uh, the initial wake up. The second wake up was spending that time with Kim and having everything I ever wanted in a support mechanism, still chasing everything else, still thinking in my head, do I want to go find other girls? Do I still want to go party and do drugs? Do I want just me, me, me? But I'd come in and I'd come out and I'd just go back and forth. And you know this because um, I shared this with you, but about two years ago, and this is where it really, really hit home for me and I got out of my mind and into my heart. I was doing a TED talk about literally that exact topic. It was called pretty much, I forget the exact title, but it was going, going out of your mind to get into your heart. And we were talking about, or I was talking about the word um, Shin. And Shin was the concept way back in China that the mind was really in the heart. So I was on a slide doing this TED talk and part of the, um, the speech was the a heartbeat starts. It's like boom, 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 boom. And I could feel the rhythm of my heart with that. And I could just feel the audience because I was explaining, there's gotta be a point in your life where you stop doing everything for check out what I know, how smart am I, how am I this, how am I that, and truly connect to oneness with all. And I literally felt like I was connecting into something else and I blacked out. Right on that stage, I started, uh, everything starts closing in and I took a few steps and sat on that black couch that's right next to us. And everyone's like, um, what are you doing? And so all the audience, my wife's there, a bunch of friends, and they're all like, man, this is amazing. He's coming back. Like, what's he going to show us now? And Kim's like, I don't think this is part of it. I don't think he's coming <laughs> back. Creative. No. And well, she had heard me, you know, like rehearsing or whatever. So long story short, I, what had happened was I was doing so much work. And I wasn't, you know, engaged in self-love. I was, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. But I was really doing it because I wanted to see my vision come true. I wanted to see my way work. I wanted to see my ideas work and prove that I'm smart. So it went from, I want to be a great athlete. I want to change this. I want to chase girls. So I want to be the best, most important person in the world. And I spoke that I wanted to do it from the heart. And I think part of my existence did, but I was still operating from up here. Mm -hmm. And once I was speaking it in that speaking it, those words literally called me out on stage is what I think. And I think that was my 100% transition from here to here. And now I can promise you as a friend, as a person, I 100% operate from here. Will I drift into here? Yeah, I'm a human being and, and there's, mm -hmm. there's a room for the ego and the heart mind complex, but I 100% am operating from right here. I always go back and do my checks from here. Mm -hmm. And so without that massive failure and a good year or two after that where I couldn't process, I wasn't fluid. I wasn't clear. Mm. Um, I'm just starting to heal from that over the last six months. So I think part of our meeting too was we're both in that space where we're, we're thinking from our hearts. And once you do that and you expand self, what's going to happen is components or perspective of self are going to show up. So you and I showed up for one another to support one another. 
So when you're down, I can bring you up and vice versa. We've got all these friends we're meeting and we're, we're looking at this network growing. And I know you and I both see that it's almost like all these beautiful seeds that were planted independently are becoming this fantastic garden. And Amazing. it's fluid, it's gorgeous, it's us, and we're gonna keep bringing people to it because we wanna watch everybody grow. Exactly. Ooh, wow. Thank you for sharing that, Scott. That's pretty amazing. That's that could, in some perspective, somebody could look at that situation and be like, oh my God, I'm never going to speak again. I'm not going to go out and make a fool out of myself and all those other things. Yet you had the wherewithal to say, okay, this is what, what are all these components leading up to? And what is it that I personally, my soul has to look at in order to process this and move on? What is this, what is this rebirthing? Is it, is that what it is? Is it, is it causing me to reanalyze myself? Cause I've done it too. I was talking with somebody the other day and I said, I think I've changed quite a bit in the last year. And they said, and I could tell by the tone, they're like, really you do. And I said, well, I feel like, because when I say that self-help fluffy bullshit, now I'm starting to think like some of the stuff I say based on where I've been reading the other untethered soul, reading, um, yeah, surrender experiment, reading all those books and kind of get my head out of my body and into my mind, into my heart. Mm. Uh, it's pretty crazy. You have to go through those transformations. I mean, you and I've talked about it ad nauseum, the fact that people are just like, Nope, I'm still going to be the high school jock. And I'm well, yeah. what's your life about? Oh, you know, back in high school, I threw a 65 yard touchdown. Oh fuck. Wow. Great. Did anybody cheer? <laughs> I mean, did, whatever. Um, people are living in the past, but I think that's beautiful that you share that Scott, because people who are watching this, maybe going through a situation where they've done a couple of things where they've embarrassed themselves and they've gone down that road and they're like, Oh my God, I'm not gonna ever do that again. You know, when I, when I, when I did my radio show, I did my radio show for two and a half years live every single week, interviewing a guest and it was crazy. And when I stopped, it was, my wife was like, what are you doing? And I said, you know what? Right now, I think I need a break. Right now, I think I need to step away from the microphone. I need to step away from personal development. I need to just go and try to be a normal person because I have always tried to be the person getting attention, obviously. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's just my, it's my nature. It's who I am. I like attention. I like having fun. Um, but in doing that, I said, I need to take a break from this and figure out where it's coming from because as I was getting older and, and learning and hearing from more people, I was like, I'm not that guy anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm this heart-centered guy. I'm not this, you know, revengeful guy. I'm not, I'm not the guy I was now I've kind of rebirthed into this, you know, dad, especially becoming a dad makes a big issue. How did, how did, uh, becoming a father change you? And, and is your daughter Kay, Kayla, Kayla. Kayla? Yeah. Um, I had it in my head and then I lost it and I had it. Uh, you know, how is, how is she, is she different than you? Is she the same as your wife? Talk to us a little bit about how becoming a father has changed you as well. So that, that's a fantastic question. And, and I'll, I'll even, I want to back up and share one last thing with what we were just talking about before I jump into that. My process from blacking out until now was ugly, real ugly. I had so many low moments that, you know, you, you said, how is it that you're able to see that you could get back and speak again? The truth is I didn't. I, I said to my wife many times, like, should, should I like file some disability or something? Should I just quit doing this? Should I quit teaching? And everyone showed up saying, are you, are you kidding me? Are you, are you serious? Like your soul is built for this. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't know. Like I keep blacking out. I don't feel good. I, and everyone's like, dude. And so I had built this support system, which we're building now and they make it even bigger so that I couldn't fail. Um, was it easy? Uh, if there is a hell, <clears throat> I just lived it. So now I'm good to go. It's all heaven from here because I went through it. Um, I would actually fall through five glass tables again and then go through what I went through afterwards. 
um, after that blacking out. But I'll say this, and you say this all the time, you can sit here and you can quit. You can say, I don't want to do it. And that doesn't sound appetizing. Here's the deal. I don't care what it sounds like. If you quit in this life, if you committed suicide, if you quit what you're doing and just took an easy way out, whatever you do, I promise you, you're coming back to learn those lessons. So every time you come back, that lesson's going to be more difficult. So here's my take. In a prior life, in a prior experience, in prior something, I've been dodging that lesson like wildfire. <laughs> dodging it like wildfire. And it came like a steam train in this life. And I had to sit and deal with it. And I obviously put myself into this existence tough as nails because I don't know that everyone's going to go through that. But I will say this, we all have the capacity to do it. And I suggest do it because it's not getting easier. To the question about my wife and my daughter, um, Kim softened me up greatly. Kim is one of the most beautiful, my wife is one of the most beautiful human beings I've ever met. She is clearly far superior than me in, in so many ways. Um, my brilliance is encouraging others to live just a bigger existence and and take the leap. I mean, anybody who knows me knows, don't go cliff jumping with me. Don't go to races with me. Don't go anywhere with me because you're going to do something you've never done before. You're going to end up jumping out of an airplane. And I'm not joking. Like I have people who go, I'm not sure if we should go with him because something's going to happen. And here's the truth. You're right. So Kim has elevated herself to new levels where she didn't think she could. And she has tamed me. And, you know, you hear women say, uh, you know, they all want to tame a guy or something. I don't suggest anybody trying to do that and change somebody. But what she has done is she's allowed me to come into my own heart and enabled me to come into my heart. Kayla, when she was born, amplified that tenfold because I still had this idea that if I was gone or whatever, Kim's fine on her own. You know, you have this like, she's fine. I don't need to do things for her. And, and I don't mean this selfishly. It's, it's a guy, a, a female male dynamic in a husband wife. A child changes all that and a, and a boy versus a girl changes it. I was begging for a boy. That kid was going to be Friday Night Lights quarterback, basketball star, <laughs> pitcher. I already had his, his, I had a nickname for him. His name was going to be Tanner Henry and we were going to call him Tank. I already had his numbers for a certain reason that he was going to get in sports. Damn. I already knew what, what his skill sets were going to be based on mine and I was going to amplify him. We were going to be working on footwork from day one. So he was an NFL or an NBA athlete. I'm very serious. To a point that she thought I was batshit crazy. Yeah, a little bit. We go in to get the ultrasound. Got a boy. Got a boy coming. We are pumped. It was a misread. We go back into the next one, and this was my face. They're like, it's actually not a boy. And I'm like, the, 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 what is it? They're like, a girl? I'm like, oh. So then I'm like, well, she can be a great volleyball player. She'll have a great cadence in running. She's going to be tall. I can have her as a half miler. I already have this other vision. There's my daughter. My daughter has no interest in competition whatsoever. All her excitement and all her ability to grow comes from intrinsic value. It's ironic. Everything I'm teaching, she, she's embodying. She's an artist. She loves herself. She loves connection and praise, but she could do everything on her own with nobody there. She doesn't like physicality unless it's nurture. She, the last thing she wants to do is, is compete with somebody and beat them and say, like, I'm better than you. She just wants to enable and grow. So all the things that I'm teaching, but I'm living some different parts of that. I want to compete, but then I want to come back and say, go be intrinsically motivated and love yourself more. She's teaching me all the lessons. So here's the funny part. 
the world and the universe once you know you always hear this that uh when the student's ready the teacher will appear well the funniest part and i love this is kim was one of my teachers my daughter is one of my teachers one of my greatest teachers and what they really are is they're reflections of you they're mirrors for you they're showing you all your strengths they're giving you time to process and they're allowing you to heal and grow in that relationship and so we talk about that and go love now and the listen component um, L O L O V E. Listen, observe, voice, and empathize. It's listening is to your listening your intuitive self's consciousness. Um, you know, Christ consciousness, collective unconscious, and then the second component is listen to your angels. And your angels could be that person you can't stand who's constantly teaching you lessons, or it could be those people that love you more than life itself and are mirrors for you to grow. And I've got two that live right in my household, which is mind blowing. So. And I know you feel the same way. I mean, you look at your child, you're sitting here like, teach me, teach mm -hmm. me, teach me patience, teach me creativity. That word right now, patience. Yeah. Oh, man. No, and they're teaching. Mm -hmm. And how old is she now? She's 13 and still as superhuman as ever. So. Wow. That's cool. Thank you for sharing that. It's, yeah, it's truly, it's truly life changing. I mean, you're all sitting responsible for another human being and they they literally have to teach us like patience was huge for me i was like before jackson came along i was a firecracker i was like here there everywhere i was always always doing stuff and then all of a sudden it was like Err! and i had to stop my speaking career i had to stop coaching you know so i had the job and everything else and um at first i was resentful because i thought oh my god what's gonna happen and then i just started looking at this glowing little ball of fun and just like you know what chris your childhood was so screwed up why don't you relive your childhood through this guy and so now we play and we're all doing all sorts of stuff. He loves his mom more and he loves to play with her. But um, I think my friend told me, he goes, when he's about four, watch out. He's going to be all over you. He's going to like, what's dad doing? What is dad in the garage? And he already kind of does that. But yep. it's, it's pretty interesting that the thing that pisses me off about parents is that they're trying to teach. They won't listen to their kids. They won't listen to the pain. They won't talk to them about the emotions and the things of that nature. So they drill them with all their poor. You and I have talked about this. They drill them with all their poor thoughts and all their poor beliefs. And then they go out in the world and they go, oh, wow, I'm 48 years old. And I don't know how to respect myself or something like that. Uh, when I, when I, when I, when I did the intro on it, I talked about the, the speaking of the heart podcast network and how both of our shows are on there. Talk to us about what uh, your show is about and your mission and purpose of that. Yeah. So, you know, again, this goes back to childhood and this is a program that's ultimately created for Jackson, for Kayla, for the kids, because at the end of the day, and it's, it's, it's for everybody, but it's listen, observe, voice and empathize is the love model. And that's part of the Go Love Now program. So listen is listening to your intuitive self and listening to those angels or those trying to serve you. So it could be friends like you or I, it could be a teacher, uh, it could be anybody who's bringing lessons to the table for you to learn. And once you listen to your intuitive self, you'll recognize which are lessons and which are the things that you've got to you know, take notice of. Then the other one is observe. And so I encourage everybody to be an active observer. So active observance for yourself. What do you need from a self-nurture perspective? Are you eating the right foods? Do you need exercise? Do you need sleep? All those things. And then be an active observer on the outside. So when you see injustice in this world, Take action now. Let's say kids are getting, you know, two kids are getting a fight in the schoolyard and one kid's picking on another kid and you're not the biggest kid. We're not saying to run in and get punched in the face to save the other kid. Be creative. There could be things in the after effect. You know, maybe you go start a program so that their bullying is not something we accept in the school or there's champions to make sure this doesn't happen or teachers are more active to make sure this doesn't happen. Whatever it is, 
start taking action, being an active observer. <clears throat> the V, which is voice, is check your inner voice because your inner voice has been built over the course of a lifetime. So imagine Jackson and Kayla right now as they're hearing, oh, I don't know if you can do this. I'm not sure if you're good enough. And maybe not from us, but they're going to have teachers and coaches. They're getting those negative thoughts in their head and building their foundation with that. Now, hopefully, we're in a society in a world where that's becoming less and less, so their foundations aren't so negative. But I can guarantee you, you know as well as I do, when we were kids, that was a big part of our foundation. And people would call it something like tough love, where you need to know the truth, you need to know this, know that. So that inner voice that's created from all this negativity that's been built up from others now is spoken in your own voice. So I don't know if I can do this. No excuses. Well, you don't know my story. Well, you don't understand. Well, I'm not a victim, but, but maybe I'm a victim. That's all just noise, and we can get rid of that by shifting our inner voice. When you do that, then your outer voice is going to become that much more, not just positive, but truthful, dynamic, and serving. And so you want to make sure those two voices match. The final piece is empathy, and that's be empathetic to all because everybody has a story. Your perspective of your existence is literally that. It's your perspective. So the more we try to understand the perspectives of others, that's when self really, really starts to grow. And once that grows and we can literally feel what other perspectives are feeling or other people, we're literally growing, we're learning, we're self-educating. It's, it's amazing. Then the second model is the fear model. It's forgive. So forgive yourself for things that you've done. And we do that by detaching the emotion that we have on that action. So if it's something we did, let's say we stole something from a friend and we feel shame and guilt and anger. Why was I like that? If every time we think about that, we feel those emotions, but then we push them back in and compartmentalize them, we're going to feel pain for eternity. There's got to be a point in time we say, I made a mistake. That was not the right thing to do. I'm going to feel that emotion, that pain, you know, whether it's anger, shame, guilt, I'm going to work through that. And I know that I'm a different human being today. Gone. We've worked through it. We felt it. And now we're moving it forward. So we need to do that to forgive ourselves and then forgive others. We can sit here all day and say, my mother did this. My father did this. That teacher did this. But at some point, we're just playing victimhood. And we need to move past that. The E is eliminate beliefs that no longer serve you or may have never served you. This might be religious. This might be something with gender. This might be somebody just told you something forever and you've decided this is part of your foundation. Once we start taking out the mistruths of our foundation, which are the weak links, now we become more solid. Here's the problem. We think the opposite. We think if we pull this out, there's emptiness and now it's like Jenga. This thing might tip. Totally just the opposite. You're never, ever going to go backwards when you release beliefs that are no longer serving you. The next one, listen closely because this is by far the hardest to do. Accept yourself and others where they're at in the journey. Now, yes. right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, we're, and we're not saying, we're not telling you to unconditionally accept what people are doing. We're not saying to validate the you know, injustice or the behaviors because God knows I fail on this one daily. We're trying to recognize this. And I'm going to give you a simple way to look at this. If we're all in existence together, okay, so we are all one beautiful unit of love or God or whatever you want to call it. If there was a breath of existence, and now this is light and this is darkness, just imagine 
that those who are closest to light, we can call them Gandhi and Jesus and whoever, Buddha, those closest to light, what we're doing is they're shining the light for us to come in. And whether it's through religious doctrine, whether it's through action or whatever, we're all walking in. If there's somebody who's closer to darkness, you can go sit in darkness with them and all day long say, look at how bad you are. You're this, you're that. That's never going to make them walk towards the light. So your journey is what you're responsible for. And so we were talking about the listen to yourself and listen to others. At the end of the day, my journey, your journey, Chris, we've got to take responsibility for that, become a beacon of light and help guide those people in just by being. And, and I'll be the first to admit, do I want to judge that friend who judges me? You're saying something to me, look at you. You want to just go full bullshit on them and just get really upset with them. That serves nobody. And I'm going to fail multiple, multiple times, you know, in my future. I, I, I get that because I'm in practice. Um, but the awareness is phase one. So be aware and accept yourself and others where they're at in their journey. The final one is really the capstone of all this. It's rise up and be resilient. And here's how I see that. I think the resiliency is a byproduct from doing the other seven. If you listen, observe, voice and empathize, forgive, eliminate beliefs and accept yourself and others, you're going to take the first steps to be resiliency to be resilient. And the resiliency is just the practice of the first seven. What do you, what do you say to, I mean, all of it, the one thing I try to think about when I'm doing these shows is putting my mind in the perspective of the listener, the viewer. And sure. as I was, as I, as I was listening to you, I was sitting there thinking, okay, this guy doesn't know anything. Yeah, yeah, I've been, like you, you were saying like all the excuses and everything. What is, what are the first three steps somebody can do to, move their thinking over to our, the way we think. And, and instead of like constantly, you know, focusing on the past, well, remember when so-and-so did this? Remember when so-and-so did? It's like, yeah, it's all up in here. It doesn't matter anymore. How do you get, what three things do you think people can do to change their situation, whether it's changing their family or changing the conversation or moving, or what is it that they can start doing today to kind of have that glimpse? What books could they read or what other things that can they explore their mind with? You know, it's, you know, it's fun when you ask these questions and people might like wonder if we prepared them. I wrote an acronym that I have never actually put into use until right now. Wow. What are the action steps that they can do to act? It's literally act. It's act. It's mm -hmm. awareness, commitment, and training. Listen to that. Awareness, commitment, and training. So first and foremost, just be aware. If everyone around you is saying, you know, why are you this? Why are you that? Why are you that? And it seems like you just keep getting the same lessons thrown at you all the time, but you keep blaming other people. This guy's a jerk. This person's that. This person's that. Here's what's happening right now. In that space, the reason you're aware of everybody's doing something to you is because you never learned your lessons in another existence. To your point where you're talking about Sally or past life regression or DNA analysis, whatever we want to call it. When you look back to what created you into this point in your perspective, your soul, what's built you, built you to today, it's, it's this simple. You've got lessons that are unlearned. Life is literally Earth University right now. And you may be a junior in high school, a PhD student. Um, you might be a grad assistant. I have no idea. Maybe you're in kindergarten. And it's not, it's got nothing to do with age. You're getting put back here until you learn the lessons. So if the world seems like it's pissing you off and everyone around you sucks, sit and think about that. Get a little bit aware because I can guarantee you the commonality of all those people who are mad at you is you. Sorry about that. So I can be 
No, you got to. You're, you're, you're mad at me right now, and I'm the one who upset you. Listen, we all sat there. Now, what I will say is once you get that awareness piece, another part of that A could also be aspire. You got to get aspire. You got to want it. Okay, I'm aware, but okay, now where are all these lessons? I don't even know where to start, like, because I just feel miserable. Okay, so here's what I would start I would commit. And so the commitment piece is saying, I want to change. I want to, I want to, I want joy. Because whether you realize it or not, you're, you're choosing negativity and that uh, like attracts. Okay. So in that happening, you want to commit and you want to start to choose to want visualize what that looks like. So what do I really want? All right. So for me, joy would be seeing the success in those that I'm serving. So for you to succeed, Chris brings me great joy for my daughter to succeed brings me great joy for my wife to succeed brings me great joy because I know that I can use my brilliance, which are my gifts to help you guys. And so when I watch you elevate, it's no longer, Oh, look at how cool I am. I don't even care if you remember where you learned the shit. What I want is I want to know that I contributed to greater sense of self, right? So if I give my brilliance to you and it helps you build something stronger, I can sit back and, and watch it enjoy. So the final piece of that is training. So the training is the love and the fair model. The training is listening to your show. The training is getting a coach. So awareness, commitment, I'm gonna do something about it, and then training. We're not gonna tell you how to train. You're your own guru, mm -hmm. right? But oh yeah, this is you, okay? This is you, how you think you are right now. It's all you. Everyone's collapsing on you. When you start to grow, all right, exponentially and extend your understanding of self, what's going to happen is all the training is going to show up because your angels are going to show up. So I'm not saying that you're going to do every bit on your own. What I'm saying is you're your own girl. You'll know to pick the training. Don't listen to Chris or me say we need to coach you because we're never going to say that. We're here to coach you. If you want to work with Chris or me or somebody else, or you got some online training program, just be true to yourself. Because mm. you'll know the answers. You'll know who you resonate with. You'll know who was sent to support you. And that's, I think that's pretty, it's, as complex as that is, it's that simple. Mm -hmm. So hold on to that acronym, awareness, commitment, and training. Oh, I love acronyms. That's so funny you mentioned that. It's um, it really is a free fall, Scott. It really is. It's, it's like coming from me being a control freak for so many years and being in the corporate world. And I know you've got an MBA and you've been in marketing. Isn't it crazy how how life just turns itself around? It's like one minute your your identity is this, and I was talking about this with somebody the other day. My identity was this, and now my identity identity is that. Sorry, and um, and it's just crazy how we get attached to a certain perspective or a certain identity that no longer serves us. People, people seem to be stuck in the past, like, oh, I remember this, I remember that. And it's like, life is to be lived today. And you have to push yourself through that metamorphosis, like a, a caterpillar becoming a, a butterfly. You have to go through that metamorphosis to be able to fly and to live. That's why we're here. I've, yeah. I've, done, some, I've done some research on past lives and, um, and uh, near-death experiences, and they all say the same. It's all amazing. And when you learn to just trust your soul, things work out. My wife hates it right now. She's like, last night she started, you know, crying. This happened, this happened. And I'm like, what are you going to do? She goes, I don't need you to tell me anything. I just need to cry because it's terrible. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what are you going to do? So I just had to sit there and go, I'm sorry. It's okay. But it's crazy. You just got to take action. That's the thing from this coronavirus. At the time of this taping, we're in the middle of a pandemic with the coronavirus. Um, 
you know, the, I, I hope my, my sincere dream and hope at the beginning of it was that people were going to unite and people were going to learn to love each other and their family, that they were going to get together and do projects together. They were going to make money together. They were going to revamp their lives. And I hope that that is the case, but it's crazy, Scott. I wanted to ask you this. Do you see that happening? Do you feel that's going to happen? Or do you feel honestly, there's going to be a greater divide after this is over? It's going to be unity. I'll guarantee it. Save this words and go back and mark my words. There's going to be chaos before the unity. Um, the the powers that be, um, the money, the one percenters, whatever you want to call them. And this is no, I'm not a conspiracy theory person, but I'm a a research and understand person. Um, I don't go deep down rabbit holes, but I'll go down something if there's enough information there. Here's what's going on right now. You've got people who have been in power for a long time. Whenever you shake that up and say, let's redistribute or look at things a different way, nobody's going to give that up. I mean, th just think of this. Imagine that you're in the richest school and the richest district and your kids, everything's great and hunky-dory. And suddenly somebody says, we're going to bust in these less desirable kids. There's going to be so much friction. It's insane. So on a micro le level, that's something that could happen. When you do this on a macro level, that you might take away people's power. People don't want to do that. And so what's going on right now is we're going to see the initial shakeup of that. But the masses that have been intentionally divided, I mean, we can go do a lot of research on this, but systemic racism and all these things have been created to keep groups against each other over the course of time. Those things are going to start getting broken down. And that's happening right here. Uh, you and I are doing that on Friday nights. We're going to have a lot more people doing that. Things like StreamYard are going to create that. More and more teachers are going to start sharing these messages. And we're going to put that into people through programs like Go Love Now. The kids, first and foremost, they will do that on their own. So if we don't, if this doesn't happen instantaneously, we're going to see that in a movement from kids. Because kids, right now, my students this morning, you know, I, I don't know if um, your listeners know, so I teach college business too. And today was the class class for my students. This morning, they were talking about how it's been a real great opportunity for them to be more creative. And they've said they've met more students and actually connected with more students because of, um, you know, doing it through Zoom or other means where sometimes they might not even do it at school because they're running from here to there to there. Now, you know, after class, we might still be having a discussion or whatever. So they're already starting to realize how to connect more deeply. I think we're in a very good place. This was, think of the glass table incident or the, um, the, the TED Talk. Those were universal train wrecks with great intention for me to wake up. This was a mass awakening that's happening simultaneously to all of us. And we don't need to grade what's worse, a TED talk, a pandemic, or falling through a grass table. They're all intense for each individual in the moment. Here's the great thing. How many times do you all go through it together so the empathy is true because you all can truly relate? You're all going through it. You have different experiences within it, but the external was the same. So we're going to have some rough spots. There's going to be a lot of dynamic shifts in coaching and teaching and understanding and there's going to be some violence that comes out of it there's going to be some suicide there's going to be some economics economic collapse but let me ask you this we just said that if you if you pull things from your foundation and shift ultimately you're creating a stronger foundation but in the moment there's going to be a little chaos mm -hmm. that micro is happening in the macro and it's all good i promise you that wow that's that's a heavy stuff it's really good it's um 
it's a great time for transformation. It's a great time to collect your thoughts and regroup things. And I really do. I've, I'm, I've seen people online. It'll be interesting here in America for those of you guys overseas, we're having our presidential election, hopefully in November. So it'll be really interesting to see if there is a transfer of the leadership in the country. And if not, what that's going to mean for another four years, I don't want to go political, but, um, yeah, it's just really interesting times. And I just encourage you guys out there, don't be sitting back watching Netflix for 20 hours. You know, make sure you're, you're enlightening, enlightening yourself and you're, you're growing yourself and you're learning and you're sharing that and you're going out and doing positive things in the world because when you're down, the best thing you can do is go do something for somebody else. You can go give. And that's what Scott's program is. So I encourage you guys to get in touch with Scott because it's a magnificent program. I want to get involved with it as well and going out and just making a difference because the youth of America, that's what the future is. And it's crazy, Scott. I watched one of your videos where you were, we went out and talked to the kids and it was so beautiful. These kids get to see you once and then they have to go back to their families and everything else. So I believe that going in and teaching the teachers and teaching the parents how to help cultivate the emotional intelligence of these kids yeah. would be a phenomenal impact. I've been, I've been, I was working with a guy, a, a big monkey muck guy here in Riverside um, for a while. Cause I told him, I said, I want to create a school that is like an after school program where from two to three or, or from three to five, where we're, and even maybe even later for parents who you know single incomes and stuff like that, make a school where depending on the grade, you learn emotional intelligence. You learn, okay, what are your feelings? What do they mean? How do you process them? How do you, what do you do in a fight or an argument? How do you handle money and finances? And just like a, just a little after school thing, um, just to keep these kids going because man, with everything that's going on and everything they have thrown at them between bullying, between all the other stuff, the technology, it's crazy, but there are some brilliant kids that are coming out of there. Have you seen, have you seen some of those kids? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's, there's so many schools that are being built like that on experiential learning, project-based learning, incorporating SEL, social and emotional learning. The problem is when they try to integrate these things into public schools, it's extremely difficult because they're fighting with testing. Uh, so you've got in Texas, it's the star test. So everything's about funding and funding comes from different levels of achievement on these tests. So here's the deal. Social emotional learning sounds fine and dandy, but social emotional learning is something that's growth oriented. So let's say, for example, that you and I are doing, let's say I was coaching you, Chris, right now, or you were coaching me. There's a development process. So there could be peaks and valleys in that. So let's say at first you really start to come to grips with, oh my God, I'm emotionally connected to this. And you're crying and you're like, what's wrong with me? Where am I going with this? They don't have time for that. So they're saying they want social and emotional learning. They're gonna throw a meditation in here and there. They're gonna tell kids to breathe deeply. Um, instead of you know certain punishment, they'll give you meditation or yoga or something. But for the most part, it, it's, it's it's little sprinkles on top of your cake, but it's not enough to change the the meal. And the school has to embed it into the, the learning and the true desire for specific outcomes. Most kids who need this in schools that lack equity are not, are not receiving it. And that's with great intention. Think of what schools are really built by. We're a capitalist country. I mean, we can go back to times of Adam Smith and uh, his theory of the invisible hand. Everything was about capitalism in this country, all right? And it's very intentional and divides. And we have very specific groups of people who are being built or structured to work in specific jobs and different dynamics. And even the people who think they're the leaders, the CEOs, the directors, the VPs, they're just groomed at a different level to be slaves, just higher level slaves. And so what you're suggesting and what I'm doing and what is going to happen is going to literally destroy the structure of the way education has been built.
we're essentially saying stop testing, get people to be balanced between the creative and analytical mind. And we're trying to get people to think with the heart. What that's going to do is create a greater sense of self and way more equality. And there's going to be none of this massive, somebody just gained $24 billion during this pandemic and their net worth and still very rarely gives to anything. And is still taking away um, benefits from his employees at Whole Foods because Amazon bought Whole Foods. And I'm talking about Jeff Bezos. It's all bullshit. And so you and I are going to be instrumental in ending that crap. And there's going to be a lot of people just like us. And I'm not going to stop saying this stuff. My my people, my, my network, yeah. we're not going to stop saying this stuff. And we're going to learn it and understand it. And that system of enslaved education is going to start ending 10 minutes ago. <laughs> and we're at the forefront of that. Nice, nice. I love it. That's what, uh, that's what life is about. I mean, ultimately, having your kids, cultivating the young, setting up succession plans for people in business to keep the energy flowing. And I think that's why I know that's why we're here is to continue to hone and bring about the best in each other and the best in ourselves. So that as we go through generation to generation, the world hopefully will be a much better place when, if we, if, and when we come back to visit it. Um, but there's still a part of me, Scott, it's just like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a conspiracy guy and I'm not a fear guy. Cause literally my wife gets mad at me. She goes, you're not even afraid. And I'm like, I'm not afraid. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I mean, I'm, to be protecting myself and all that other stuff but at the same time i don't want to live in fear but there's certain aspects of what's going on that i especially between now and let's say january 21st wherever the wherever the orient, orientation is when we get a new president yeah um, there's a lot of uncertainty in my brain it causes me a lot of stress but um at the same time we're doing beautiful things and that's what we want for you guys out there if you're watching this and you're just sitting there watching netflix all the time and you're just like i don't know what to do it's two o'clock i guess we'll walk around <laughs> This is the prime time to enlighten your mind, to grow your mind, to get a couple of books and start digging into things. There's so many free resources on the internet. It's unbelievable. I'm jealous. If I wish I'd had these resources when I was a young kid, holy crap sticks. I would be a fucking millionaire. Like by the time I'm 20, it's crazy how much resources we have here. And you know, when I think about all this, Scott, it reminds me of the true meaning of what we're here. And that's the legacy. What is, what is your intention with your legacy? with both your family and what it is that you're most proud of with Go Love Now? Oh, the movement lives on without me. It has full legs. It doesn't need me. Um, my essence or whatever I'm creating is really just drawing the essence of love out of others. So uh, I don't need to even be a part of it. And the more quickly that I'm less integral to it, the better, because really all I'm doing is getting other people through coaching, through speaking, through the program to fall in love with themselves so their, their cups are so full that they can be in service to others. So in that greater sense of self, the legacy is that everybody's cup is full. Nobody's in slave mentality. We're all contributing our brilliance. And so that's the legacy. Very simple. I'm doing the exact same thing with my wife and kid on a micro level. I want her to be so, so in love with herself and not need me at all. But of course, you know, the male ego, the way it's been developed with masculinity is where she would she be without me? And here's the mm -hmm. the truth to that. Probably with a better looking man. That's it. But everything else is uh so <laughs> with uh, with the urethra that wasn't severed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that worked out so good. Yeah, there you go. He's got a he's got a full urethra and everything else is good. <laughs> um and for my daughter, uh same thing. She's to me is representative of the youth. And and here's an interesting thing too that I want to share with you that I think is very 
very important to understand. Our brains, as we develop, we, we start to learn, you know, it's called CEPs. CEPs are a bit of information. And concepts are with CEP or Latin, Spanish, with CEP. So it's with information. As we continue to learn and grow and our brains develop, we can literally, you could tell me a story about, hey, I went apple picking. And when you explain it to me, even if I've never went apple picking, I know what it feels like to go apple picking because you've explained it so effectively, I can get that concept. 200 years ago, people couldn't even fully understand concepts. That's how our brains are literally getting stronger and stronger and stronger over time. Certain minds wouldn't be able to fully understand concepts. There was, um, and I'm probably going to butcher this, but there was a, a study a while back that was very interesting where they said something along the lines of um, all polar bears, you know, or, or polar bears live north of a certain line, whatever is the Arctic Circle, and polar bears are white and whatever. And then essentially, no, I think it was polar bears are white. Polar, yeah, it was polar bears are white. Um, polar bears live north, north of the Arctic Circle. And then they were just talking about the next question was something like, um, what color would a bear be that lives north of the Arctic Circle? And people couldn't understand how to put the, and I'm butchering this, but they couldn't understand it had to be a polar bear because you didn't tell them. You just said a bear, but they couldn't understand that it was white. They're like, how would I know? I've never seen the bear. So a certain amount of years ago, they couldn't even put those things together. Our brains are evolving so quickly. So what I want to reference is this. When our country was founded, every 50 years, the average IQ is 20 points higher, believe it or not. So that means, in theory, when our country was founded a couple hundred years ago, now it's like 250 years ago, an IQ would have been 60, I mean, 100 points less. In theory, like the mind is evolving. But literally, that would be like somebody with Down syndrome. That's who founded our country. So imagine this, you know, when you have parents saying kids are, should be seen, but not not heard, or we can sit here and argue with, um, you know, kids are the problem nowadays, we're going downhill, we're screwed. Whatever the kids are doing to react, to not like what we're doing, and they're doing things differently, is in response to a higher level of intellect. Now, to your point, if we arm them with a better understanding of emotional intelligence to add along with that, we can argue all we want. They are far smarter than us, period. And they will be more emotionally capable because they're tired of emotionally attaching to things. That's why they sit back and watch us like we're batshit crazy. I have full comfort that in 100 years, our world looks far better than it does now. We've had so much technology that's come into play. We've had so much opportunity. And I think we're just a little bit frazzled and we're not sure what to do with it. And I think the kids are going to figure it all out. So I feel good. Wow, Scott, thank you for that answer. That's really powerful. You are such a wealth of knowledge and it's been such a great time to get to know you, but I have another couple of questions. You ready? I'm ready. Okay, what was your favorite toy you played with when you were growing up? Big track. Big track. The dump yeah. truck? It was, it was the first programmable toy. You put in numbers and you could make it, it was like a tank. And so you program the numbers and you don't need a remote control and it could drive anywhere. Like, so you go three feet forward, five feet to the right, 10 feet forward. So I could literally have it leave my room and drive into my mother's room and go, doo, 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 and then drive back under my bed. And she's like, did you do that? I'm like, I'm sleeping. 
and mm. I thought it was so funny. Wow. So, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't remember that one. I was big into um, Hot Wheels cars, race cars, Tyco tracks, bicycles, remote control, remote control cars for just a little bit. But um, yeah. what is now, now on the other end of the spectrum, that was your childhood toy. What is your favorite toy now besides your, your Aretha? <laughs> yeah. Well, my favorite toys were definitely anything that was a ball, anything with sports. But my favorite indoor toy, when I think of actual toy, was that big track because I thought it was hilarious. Um, my favorite toy now, anything to do with water. You know, Chris, we're both Pisces. So um, I love wake surfing, um, wakeboarding, surfing. So anything that aligns me more deeply with water, 100%. And again, I'm a basketball addict too. So I would say anything, if you watch me walk down the beach. See, I I balls, water, and what else? <laughs> balls and water. That's all I need. That's hey, it. It's a new drink. It's a new drink at the bar. Balls and water. Could I get out two balls and water, please? Extra tall. <laughs> if I remember that, I swear to God, I'll go do that in a bar. I swear. <laughs> I've asked for some pretty fucked up stuff. Um, so I look forward to that. I look forward to either coming to Austin or you coming to California and doing that. Oh. But I just have to tell you, I'm not doing any crazy shit. That's fine. I'm getting older. I'm not as fun as I used to be. So with intention. Now the fun mm -hmm. is we can watch our kids do it. I know. I, but the craziest thing I want to do is like eat 127 spicy chicken wings. 161 was the record. <laughs> Just because I can. Are you are you kidding or do you know that story? No, I'm kidding. I saw your story. All right. <laughs> I was yeah. like, are you just predicting things? <laughs> do I predict this is going to be a great show that everybody's going to get massive value out of and enjoy. There you go. All right. Well, we're up to an hour right now. Um, final thoughts. Send us, send us off with, you know, we're here today, April 29th, 2020. At the time of the COVID, everything that's going on. And there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of divisiveness. There's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of assumptions, a lot of bad news, a lot of wrong news. Um, what do you say to people, like, especially for me, like I told my wife, she, she's like, oh, did you hear this? Did you hear this? I'm literally, Scott, at the point where I don't give a fuck what anybody says. I don't trust anybody. She's like, oh, they're going to come up. I listened to the Stanford interview, the, 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 the video that's going around. Like, it shows all the numbers. Honestly, I didn't believe it. I don't believe anything. I'm just going day by day. What do you say to people out there that are having the same situation that are going to find themselves, you know, as the economy starts up and they're not going to be back at work right away? What kind of uplifting message that's solid and purposeful could you share with the audience before we, we uh, end the show? Uh, we can go down rabbit holes all we want. We can go look for information. We don't know what information is true anymore. The sources that used to be true yesterday might not be true today. Uh, Newsweek was once a great newspaper that we trusted. <laughs> New owners I don't know anymore. Washington Post, who's really running that? I like it, but I'm not sure. Um, Huffington Post, I like it. Fox News, you got to be kidding me. Look what Breitbart's doing. There's this thing called the Daily Wire that's just literally right-hand propaganda that sounds like batshit crazy. So put that away, okay? This is what I would do. I would do something exponential that if we all do it, the whole world is going to be not only good but great. Serve two people in a capacity that's above and beyond your norm. And I don't know what that means. Um, maybe go to a neighbor and mow their lawn because they need it. Maybe just go get groceries for somebody who's, you know, scared to go out of the house and they don't know how to use the Internet. So they don't know how to order it. And uh, they're freaking out. So figure that out. But serve two people. And I, the reason I say a minimum of two, don't do one, a minimum of two, because if everybody does two, think of exponentially what that does to the world. And what I would do is tell other people what you're doing. And I know people always say, Oh, just do it. God will see it. I'll see it. No, tell other people <laughs> what you're doing. And the reason I'm saying to tell other, not in a bragging form, 
say, you should do this. It's really helped me. So this is what you're selling. Go do two things for somebody else in service above and beyond what you would typically do yes. and suggest that to somebody else and make sure they follow through on it. Listen, mm -hmm. be an accountability coach for somebody else. Say, hey, will you do this with me? Then be accountability coaches and pass it on. You want network marketing? There you go. Let's network market the shit out of this with the only return, the only currency is it's going to, first of all, it's going to build your immune system if you're worried about COVID because you're going to be healthier and you're going to be vibrant. It's going to make you more complete in self because you've served served others. And if you're worried that all these people are doing bad things, but if we exponentially help others and strengthen the numbers of those who are the masses, then they can't hurt us, whoever they is anybody. Anyway, so there you go. Two good things. Exponential. Get other people to do it. Walk away from the bullshit. No more fake news. It's all going to be real news that you create. Mm -mm -mm. Bam. Mic drop. Wait, wait, wait. Mic drop. Mic drop. Yes. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of some ages, what a powerhouse. What an awesome hour of intellectual and stimulating conversation with Scott that is not over our heads. I mean, that's the, that's the beauty thing that I want to bring to this show is to help you guys get solid information that's intellectual, but not overbearing, but at the same time has merit in the fact that both Scott and I have traveled the world. We have traveled through the dark places. We have traveled through the positive places. We've had super highs. We've had super lows. We don't always have all the answers, but what we bring to you both here in this and interview, and you guys got to live. check out our Facebook live event this last Friday with Sally Anderson and Alexander Tuttle, where they came on and they gave us fire information. They dropped so many truth bombs and they shared their souls with us, which is something you don't see on a lot of these Facebook lives. You see everybody primping up and looking like, oh, I want to get some more clients and I'm going to kiss that guy's ass and I'm going to rub her titties and all this other shit. Go back and check out that episode because Scott, myself, Sally and Alexander really showed the depths of our soul, but also structured ways you can get out of this and, and take responsibility for your own life. And that's the most important thing. That is the most important thing. And with that, I want to thank you guys all for being here on the Kickass Nation. I apologize. My contact is drying up. Uh, so I'm not looking at you. Um, but anyways, you guys are the Kickass Nation. You guys are the Misfits for Life. You guys are rock stars. You're kickass motherfuckers. You are so loyal, so honest, so transparent. I love this. I love the community that we're building. I love the life that we have. And if somebody isn't in line with you, wish them well. It doesn't have to be something that's anger or anything else that's bitter. If you're on a path to change your life and to grow and to go places where you've never been before, you need that group of people that are going to take you there. You need that group of people that are going to sit there, be by your side and say, Hey, wait, 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 Chris, you're kind of going off a little bit. Let me, let me correct you. Hey, I got a couple ideas. What do you think? If you have those people in your life, instead of the ones that go, nah, you're great. You're awesome. I've been surrounded by that my entire fucking life. Chris, you're an awesome speaker. Oh, you're an awesome coach. Okay. What can I do better? No, you're great. I'm like, I talk fast. I don't stay on topic sometimes. Um, I'm like, shut up. There is things for me to do, right? You know, so it's kind of funny. But uh, you guys out there, we'll see you next time. The Kick-Ass Nation. You guys rock. And uh, be sure to connect with Mr. Scott Goyette. Scott, where can they get a hold of you at? Uh, you can reach me directly if you'd like to co uh, contact me at scott at golovenow.com. You can visit my Facebook page. It's uh, facebook.com forward slash golovenow, Twitter also forward slash go love now and it's go love now movement on instagram um in on youtube it's go love now youth and if you just put in go love now you'll see that there as well so hopefully we connect and uh look forward to serving you
Awesome, Scott. And just for you guys that are still watching, right after this ends, we're going to have a music video dedicated to Go Love Now. It's a beautiful video. It's uplifting. It's spirited. So as soon as this ends, you guys are going to see that video. So Scott, brother, thank you so much for being here. You're a rock star. You're such a kick-ass dude. I'm so blessed and touched and thankful that you came into my life and that we're doing these things and we're just we're just rocking and rolling so brother um i will see you next friday night and for you guys watching the show we love you make sure you subscribe to our youtube page and you follow us on facebook and with that remember stay unstoppable For the love that we're missing Stop hating on those who simply look different Heads down, hustling, people are all driven Trying to find comfort in this crazy world we're living It's together we're one, and together we're different Let's celebrate diversity, no longer fear-driven inside